We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, first week of April is here. So again, want to reiterate as much Lamar Jackson coverage as there's been on the podcast and on my personal YouTube channel, as promised, we are shifting our focus now, being that we are literally under a month away from the 2023 NFL draft and specifically at the top of the Ravens needs for this year, this offseason, we all know is the wide receiver position. So with that, welcome in. It's a special simulcast, special bonus episode airing on both my personal YouTube channel and, of course, The Vault, which is our daily podcast covering the Baltimore Ravens. As always, I'm Bobby Trossett. My co-host, Sarah Ellison, is still in Japan uh, week two. She'll be back on April 8th, so looking forward to getting her back into the fray before the draft. But um, looking forward to today's guest. I've known him for several years. We actually met doing freelance broadcasting together in the D.C. area when I was coming out of college. And uh, I've just got so much respect for his football acumen, uh, the way that he studies the game. And it's Emery Hunt, who I'm referring to from Football Game Plan. He actually had a tweet that went viral not too long ago because Lamar quote tweeted him. So I look forward to getting into that as well to make this Ravens specific. So without further ado, let's bring in my guy, the OG, man. How you doing, brother? Welcome into the channel. I'm doing fine, Bobby, man. I appreciate you bringing me on. I forgot about that viral tweet. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we'll get into that because I think that's going to be a part of the conversation here. As much as we're going to be looking at wide receiver prospects, if Lamar stays in Baltimore, which if I were a betting man at this point, first week of April, no offer sheets on the table, I understand a lot can change between now and the draft and even post-draft. I'm thinking he's going to be in Baltimore, and that means he's going to be in a new system for the first time in the NFL, but perhaps there's some similarities to what he ran with Bobby Petrino at Louisville from a pro-style standpoint. I think that's what you were getting at with the tweet. Yeah, it's the fact that he ran a system that the Patriots ran with, with Tom Brady. It was the Earhart Perkins uh, offense, which is a pro-style offense, which you know people a lot of times with athletic quarterbacks, they – tend to allow the guy's athleticism to overshadow the fact that he has done what people are expecting a pro quarterback to do. Just because I'm dope at running the football, don't let that take away the fact that I'm also dope throwing this football too. Um, and, and the crazy part is, if he was just an average athlete, they talk more about the offense that he you know came out of and is a pro-style offense, and he'd be talked more along the lines of C.J. Stroud. But if because he's super dynamic with the ball in his hands 
People think that's all he did and that's all he has done. And to be completely honest, when he got to Baltimore, that's a new offensive system. Uh, he was doing more running uh, design runs than he did at Louisville. Um, so I think Baltimore is going to be good. Uh, you know, hopefully they get Lamar back and hopefully he's, st- he's there. And we're just going to talk on the assumption that he's going to be back. But yeah, he could thrive in any offense. I mean, think about it. He won a Heisman Trophy and a pro-style offense with none of his receivers made it to the NFL. So I think he's going to be fine. Yeah, uh, I appreciate you. I, on behalf of Baltimore and this fan base, I think the overwhelming percentage, yes, is absolutely tired and just exhausted and over this this offseason storyline. But I, I would think that when push comes to shove, at the end of the day, the majority of this fan base understands that, okay, he hasn't shown up in the postseason yet. There's been a lot of factors as to why. But 45 and 16 over five seasons as a starter. He's put a lot of butts in seats in this town. He has sold a lot of jerseys. From an economic standpoint, he's had a major impact, and he's won a whole heck of a lot of games. And there's not as many teams around the league. Okay, he hasn't been there when it's all said and done yet, but uh, I think most people can appreciate that. So before we dive into 10 wide receiver prospects that you have hand-selected for us to look at today, and it's going to be a film room type of thing. For those of you listening in the audio-only version of this, there will be a a on-camera version as well on my personal YouTube channel. But just wanted to give you a chance before we dive into this thing to let people know a little bit about what you do uh, with football game plan. A little bit of everything, man. You talked about it in the open, how we we met as broadcasters. I still do color commentary for different college games. A lot of times in the Baltimore area, you'll see me uh, do games at Morgan State. You'll see me down in D.C. with Georgetown at times. You'll see me uh, all throughout the Northeast doing college football broadcasts. Uh, So I still love doing that. Football game plan is the one-stop shop for the football fan. We have the largest draft guide in existence out right now, over 1,000 individual scouting prospects. And you know, you can find it on footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. And the reason why you should go get the guy, because guess who had Lamar Jackson as the number one quarterback coming out of 2018 draft? That was me. And so, <laughs> listen, I know what I'm talking about. I'm going to help the Ravens out. But all seriousness, we we cover from the NFL to women's tackle football. Uh, we also do the CFL. We do overseas international football at like the European League of Football in all levels of college football. So we're all across the board uh, doing things and um, calling games. I even call high school games, too. So we kind of do it all here at Football Game Plan. That's right. Talk your talk, brother. Rewind that to 2018. I love it. But, uh, yeah, you you love the game, man. And, it, and it's so apparent, you know, watching your stuff, watching the way that you work. And that's why I'm pretty fired up to, to get your thoughts on these 10 wide receiver prospects because the bottom line is, Ravens sit at 22 right now. It's one of just five picks. So there's a chance that they could move back, especially knowing Eric DaCosta and the way that he values the draft values, just picks in general. So we'll, we'll go under the assumption that they're going to sit at 22 right now, but we'll see how the draft board shakes out. I'm not sure I'm exactly uh, convinced of that, but first up is a guy who's getting a ton of buzz and that is Ohio state's Jackson Smith and Jigba. And Obviously, there's been plenty of prospects that have come out of this program in the last few years that he's even played with that a lot of folks, even these prospects themselves that are playing at the next level that say, no, JN's, he, JSN, he's nicer than I am. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a legit great player. And the way I break down my receiver positions, I because you can't really ask guys to, to you can't rate them the same because they're going to be doing different things. Um, you can't have Randy Moss and Wes Welker on the same level 
because they're going to be playing two different positions. So I, I rank it by flanker, which is your X, your Z receiver, your split in, which is your X, your slot receiver, and what I like to call bigger inside receiver. So JSN is my number one slot guy because I feel like he's someone that's a big physical player. He gets open really quickly, and he also has a short area of quickness that you need to thrive inside, but also has that ability to catch a short pass and take it a long way. So he can be a game breaker uh, coming from the slot position. And then now it pairs up perfectly with what the Ravens would already have on a roster and Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay. So they have a lot of good talent already there in tow. So I make sure all these guys stay healthy. But I'm a big fan of what Jackson Smith and Jigba brings to the table because he is someone uh, that can play the pro game right away. He can be the Ravens version of what the Bengals have in Tyler Boyd, someone that's just going to be a savvy vet that's just a good pro, a pro's pro from day one. Would you say I've heard a lot of talk about, you know, the Ravens have specific needs, right? I, obviously every team does, but for them, I would argue that it's cornerback and wide receiver. And honestly, you can go back and forth in terms of what's the bigger need, especially based on how they might handle the rest of free agency. Who knows? OBJ is still on the table. I think he's going to the jets. He's just waiting for Aaron Rodgers and the trade compensation to be worked out. But who knows? I could be wrong. We'll see. I mean, maybe he and Lamar are having conversations privately. Um, do you view this? All I'm hearing is that the cornerback class is stacked. Is that the same way for, for a wide receiver after sort of the, the top tier here with the JSNs? Is there a drop off? That's not really a drop off. And again, when you're asking that question to someone like myself who does go deeper in terms of scouting prospects, I always come in it with a glass half full perspective that you can find great talent all throughout the draft. And so if I'm looking at this from a Ravens perspective, you know, I can trust Baltimore to find corners, edge rushers, offensive linemen, you know, I, safeties. I could find it. Listen, I, I'll trust their track record in that regard. Tight ends. Fullbacks, yeah. even they had Kyle Uzcheck before it was popular, right? So, oh, yeah. if there if there is a, a a place they have to go first, based on their track record, let's focus on who's the best receiver, as opposed to getting the best corner. I can trust that you're gonna find great corners. Tavon Young, if he had stayed healthy, would have been a fantastic corner for Baltimore, based off when they got him when they drafted him. So Baltimore can find those positions. Let's focus on them getting the best of the best at the receiver position, an area where, if we're being completely honest, they have not had the best track record. Yeah, 100%. And uh, there, there's no sugarcoating that. We we don't do that at all on the channel. So I appreciate the honesty there. I think Tavon fits the the, the mold of um, under the category of what if, you know, and, and Jimmy Smith as well can go in that category as well. What if they were able to stay healthy? But those are the questions. That's, that's football, right? We, we don't know what the, what the answer would have been there. Next up is uh, Josh Downs from North Carolina, a guy that you're pretty high on. He comes in at number two on this list. Not sure if you gave me the list, by the way, by like um, skill rankings, but he was number two on your list. <laughs> it, 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 I gave you the list in terms of just like the how I constructed the list. So it's not where I had these guys ranked, but I will say Josh Downs is my number two slot receiver. Um, I love how he plays in space. And when you have these guys that are able to create their own shot, so to speak, and, and these are like specific to their position. So when we're talking about creating your own shot, he can play in a wide open game. We know the NFL now has become more like the CFL and college football in terms of how they use the width of the field and how they allow you to play one-on-one -on -one ball. And when you think about someone like Josh Downs, you give him a two-way go, you might as well get the extra point team out there because it's going to be a, a touchdown because he's going to make you miss. He's going to make the, the open move 
uh, out there within his route and get himself free from coverage. So that's what he does well. He's um, probably one of these more quicker than fast guys that you want to you know use that term. But he's so fun to watch and so dynamic uh, with or without the ball in his hands. He can also be the type that can open things up for everyone else on offense. I wanted to show you this one clip that I pulled them because – uh, to your point, he, st he starts in the slot here, but ends up outside. And I just feel like the footwork here, I'm going to let you take this, but the footwork impressed me the most. Yeah, you, you're patient. You buy your time. You don't get over aggressive right there within the route because you know how much room you have to work with in the back of the end zone. So he allowed the natural pick to take place. He bought his time at the line of scrimmage and worked himself outside, but didn't get too aggressive and, and steam, uh, steamroll toward the pylon. He let the quarterback lead him there, so he gave himself enough room to get uh, both feet in bounds, even though you only need one in college. But it also shows you the type of savvy that he has uh, at the position. All right, we'll be back to North Carolina in just a bit, hint, hint. There's a, another prospect on your list from, uh, from UNC. But next up is a guy who has generated a ton of buzz, not just in Baltimore, because I believe Mel Kuyper was the first to actually mock him to Baltimore, but really uh, up and down the entire draft. And that's Zay Flowers, a four-year kid from Boston College whose production was just through the roof, man. Yeah, he's my number one Z receiver or flanker for us old school guys um, the, to use that term. But he is someone, when you watch his film, he's fast in all directions. He's explosive in all directions. And I couldn't get past the comp. And I'm usually good with comps. And sometimes you don't want to force a comp if it's not there. But I couldn't stop seeing Tyreek Hill, when I watched Zay Flowers because of how explosive he is with the ball, without the ball, and what he can do to, to work himself open. Had he had better quarterback play, he probably would have had 1,900 yards receiving this past year for Boston College. That's how wide open he was uh, a lot of times throughout the year. So for me, Zay Flowers is someone, ignore the 5'9", 195, size is not a skill. He's someone that can win short, win intermediate, win deeper down the field. He's a big play threat and the type of guy that's a legit game breaker. Again, you look at what you have in tow. You have a Rashad Bateman. You have a Devin Duvernay. I still like James Prochet, although I still want to ask him, you know, what he saw in that pass that he tried to throw deep down the field uh, off that um, wide receiver throw. Yeah. Like, bro, like there was no one in a purple jersey down there. I, I, and he set up perfectly to throw it. Had great form and everything, but he threw it directly to the defender. That was the key play of that game. But I digress. I get off my soapbox. But I do like Zay Flowers. I feel like he is someone that can be your go-to guy despite being 5'9", despite being 195. It doesn't matter. We see Waddle do his thing down there in Miami. We see uh, Tyreek Hill do his thing as well. We've seen shorter guys have success as go-to players. If you want to use a Elijah Moore comp, that's fine too, but you need someone like that on your football team. You know, it's funny about you bringing that play up uh, first and foremost. I think everybody in the audience probably at this, at this point is wincing because <laughs> of how much that play was just disastrous. But I think a lot of people pinpoint that play Emery as, as the one that really tipped John Harbaugh over the edge when it comes to Greg Roman. I don't know if it was specifically that play, but he got up in the post game press conference and made it known that it was abundantly clear. Maybe it was the next day press conference, whatever. He was not pleased with that call selection. And uh, ultimately it was one of many, many times at the podium where he just said, basically paraphrasing, I don't know what Greg was thinking in that moment. <laughs> It wasn't Greg Roman's fault. It was Prochet's fault. It's like, bro, everything from the when you're watching it live on TV, everything set up told you that 
oh, he set up confidently. He got great form. Somebody's wide open down there. And then when the TV pans, you're like, what the hell were you looking at? (laughs) No one's down there, like, open. So we were saying the same exact thing in our instant reaction episode that week. I can literally remember it vividly, but this fan base was so over Greg that they just used it as a way to, to get after him. You know what I mean? So I'm glad you revisited this because we were saying that we were beating the drums on that, but nobody could see through it. It just looked like somebody was open down the field because of how quickly he got rid of the football. Like, oh yeah. Somebody wide open. What a great play. Then you look at it like, bro, who told you throw the? That's why you don't put the ball in receivers' hands because sometimes they're just gonna throw it just to throw it because you never get that opportunity. So you're gonna throw the football, especially in Baltimore. You ain't getting that opportunity for maybe <laughs> another season or two. We'll see what Todd Munkin brings. But under Greg Roman, he's not going into the vault like that very often. Next up is Stanford's Michael Wilson, and uh, this dude's a specimen. Yeah, and I always love to throw the caveat out there when he's healthy. So he's someone you got to have a little asterisk by because health has been something he's been avoiding or evading throughout his time at Stanford. But when you watch him just run routes and you watch him catch the football fluidly, he's able to catch the football easily over his shoulder. He's able to get separation. He does everything that you want your number one receiver to do. He just hasn't been healthy enough to do it on a consistent basis. Now, if he's stacking back-to-back performances like he did toward the tail end of the season, like he did at the senior bowl when we were down in Mobile, he was outstanding all week long. Had a really good, you know, showing at the combine. If he's able to continue to do that and have shaken, has shaken the injury bug, then things bode well for him moving forward because he's a phenomenal talent. He's my number one split in or X receiver in his class. You know, too, I, I gotta wonder, like a guy like that, is is he somebody that for, for the Ravens, is is this somebody who walks in and you know, I mean, is he assuming a two or three, like where would he be in Baltimore right now, given the way that the wide receiver room's constructed, you think? He'd be right opposite of Bateman. You could have two, you could you you really want to set your offense up ideally in this in this era of football. You want to be set up like the Bengals. You want to have three co-number ones, essentially. You want to have guys that is gonna, hey, you better have three legit number one corners. Otherwise, you're gonna get smoked out there on the perimeter. So having someone like that, along with a healthy Rashad Bateman, gives you that option hey we can't double one guy because we're going to have we're going to get you know worked on the opposite side so he can give you that it's about him being healthy consistently uh for a full 17 game season next up is trey palmer from nebraska and what do you got on him he reminds me a lot of Odell odell beckham jr he's someone that uh i was high on when he was at lsu he was a kick returner punt returner exactly what odell beckham was earlier in his career at lsu and has explosiveness that you see right there in that clip the speed is evident he can create separation nebraska didn't have the most dynamic passing game but when they went deep down the field he was the one they were going to and he has that dog in him he has that golden tate-ness about him if you know what i mean you need someone like that on your football team he is another one of these type of receivers that can take the top off the defense and does a great job with the ball in his hands Talk about breakaway speed, too. I couldn't help but put this tweet in here from Nate Christensen. He ran a 4-3-3-40, broke the state record in terms of Class 1A in Louisiana, uh, and that was the record in the 200 meter. So breakaway speed, I'm going to run away from you, and you saw a little bit of that in that route, too, that he ran. Yeah, and he's someone that just, again, understands how to play ball. Um, he's from New Orleans, my hometown. So I know the, the makeup that he has in terms of what he what he can do. Um, same with Jamar Chase, same with Odell Beckham Jr., same with a lot of guys that play that position from that city. 
they tend to have that certain uh, makeup about him. He's a big physical guy, so you're not going to push him around. And he's also someone I think that could be diverse enough to play inside or outside. All right, let's get to Dontavian Wicks from Virginia. What do you got on him? Not a lot of people are talking about him. He's a bigger physical wide receiver, played some fantastic football at Virginia, went down to the senior bowl, had a great week. Uh, then when you watch his film, you see like, wow, this dude, had he had better quarterback play, we talked about Zay Flowers, Wicks would have been the same, of the same caliber. He is just a phenomenal talent at wide receiver, can go up and win above the rim. So he plays a, he plays at the top of the globe like you want him to. And you look at what the Ravens are, are having now at the on the roster, they kind of need a big a big dog out there, someone like a George Pickens, someone that can go up there and be that 50-50 guy. They don't have that right now, so this could be a situation where it gives you something that you don't have, but in a fantastic, explosive, dynamic package. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Just watching these clips, man. I mean, you got a little bit of everything, right? Like... The, the route running, he's gonna like you said, he's gonna meet you at the rim. He's got the breakaway speed. I kind of like him, but but you're right. I haven't heard like literally. You you showed me the list, and I'm going through and kind of briefing myself on the list or whatever, and doing a little bit of a deep dive. I hadn't really seen his name. Now I'm not covering this extensively like you are, but I. So you're you're saying he's flying under the radar? Very much so. And it's weird to talk about guys coming from a Power Five program uh, that's flying under the radar, and you know they're in the Senior Bowl for a reason. Um, they test well for a reason at the combine. But when you watch the film, you're like, man, had they had you at quarterback, Bobby, they probably would have talked more about Wicks because they really had a struggle fest uh, under center. So the thing is, when you have a lot of his receivers, um, people only talk about what they saw last. So a lot of people are talking about Quentin Johnson um, of TCU and, you know, those guys. But, man, when you really look – at the receivers in this group, you're like, man, there's a, a bunch of great guys. So that's why fans also have to understand, you know, the draft is bigger than the first round. And if your guy, if you don't draft a receiver in the first round, don't sweat it. Like there's so much talent out there. Um, I know everyone wants to have the first round pick and think that's all you need, but now you really build throughout the draft and you can land some really good prospects. Now, 
if it's me, depending on how the draft fall, falls, and I have a chance to get him, maybe like you know, in in the second round, you take him. But this is someone that can definitely be a starter year one. Oh, it's good to know because I know I've been sort of ringing the bells on on the fact that they need a first round wide receiver because of how much of a need it is in Baltimore. But but it's nice to see that, and and we obviously know that from a draft philosophy standpoint, they've time and time again, they've gone with, um, you know, best available versus need. And we saw that last year with Kyle Hamilton. We saw that, uh, what, I guess, 20, 2020, I guess, with JK Dobbins in the second round coming off their best season ever. The NFL's ever seen from a single season rushing standpoint. So they will live and die on that sword, but it has treated them well in recent years. I'd say, listen, if they get on what pick 24, they have a pick 20, uh, three and, and they're on the clock, call me. I'll let you know what receiver to take because it seems like they have struggles uh, with taking certain receivers in round one. They, they had every opportunity to take George Pickens last year, and that would have been perfect for Baltimore. Him and Lamar Jackson are Baltimore. You know, that's exactly what you need at the position, um, and they got to get it right this time around. Well, let's get your contact info passed along here. Come on, we, we can make it happen. But small to more, you, we all know how things work around here. We can get you in that draft room or at least, you know, three-way in a conference call or something. But uh, they do select 22 overall. Xavier Hutchinson, Iowa State. This guy, I mean, you look at the physical tools. I'd love to hear more, but the physical tools are what first off came, you know, jumped off the page of me. And look at the, the picture that you have posted, right? Look at how he's attacking the football, (laughs) hands with perfect form, going up and grabbing all hands. That's the type of big dog I feel like Baltimore needs opposite of Bateman. You know, I feel like that's what they need opposite of, you know, Devin Duvernay. They need these big physical receivers that go up and win above the rim. And Hutchinson, all across his film, he's winning on the outside consistently. He can win at the line of scrimmage. He can win deeper in the route. He knows how to separate himself at the apex of the route and get himself open. These are the type of things you need from a number one. And he's someone that graded out rather well for me as a split in, so as an X receiver. When I say X receiver, I'm talking about these guys that are going to be your bona fide, hey, this is our go-to guy in the passing game, someone that could beat bump press, someone that could win at the top of the route, someone that could win above the rim. That's Hutchinson. Uh, out of Iowa State. You see, I'm throwing this out there randomly. We didn't talk about this at all in terms of prep, but do you see the Tyler Boyd comp off the top of your head? Look, at I don't see the Tyler Boyd. I feel like he plays bigger than Boyd, but I can understand that he could win in similar ways as Boyd. He's someone that can win uh, short, intermediate, deeper down the field because of how he's able to work himself open. And when you have that ability to win like that, yes, you can see people compare you to different receivers that, that play maybe in a different spot, right? Boyd is more of the bigger slot receiver for Cincinnati, so I can see that. But he can also get out there as a Z receiver and win deeper down the field. You can do this with Hutchinson. You can also put him as your number one. Back to the UNC well that we go. Antoine Green's the second prospect we're looking at from Chapel Hill. What's what's the like about him? He's fantastic in everything that he does in terms of, uh, again, a lot of what we talked about with Hutchinson, winning at the line of scrimmage, winning – deeper in a route, knowing how to separate, stack and track the football. Those are key things that's necessary when you're talking about a wide receiver. He's my number four split, and he's right behind uh, Hutchinson. So when you think about these guys, he was the guy that is – everyone talked about Josh Downs at North Carolina, but no one talked about Green and what he was doing on the opposite end. You know, he is someone that has fantastic hands, able to make that catch that you you think, man, how did he catch that football? Hands are where they need to be in terms of – 
when he's catching the ball, football or how he's approaching the catch. Some guys, you can tell they're not natural hands catchers, but how they approach the football, you don't get that vibe with Green because he knows, okay, this time I can use, I have to use my body. This time I have to cradle. This time it's going to be have to be all hands. Shows you how savvy he is as a receiver, knowing how and when to catch the football. All right. So again, some of these names I had to do some, some research on, you haven't heard a lot of noise about them. The last two to finalize our 10 certainly do not qualify as that. These are popular names. These are guys doing a bunch of media with national outlets. And at least from, from my perspective, Emery, I I've been seeing these guys pop up everywhere. So we'll begin with uh, Jordan Addison from USC. Yeah. He's my number two Z receiver. Um, I have him right behind Zay flowers. He's sort of along the same line as Rashad Bateman, a catch and run guy, which is fine. If we're going to play this quick passing game, you want guys that can catch the ball short and take it a long way. That's Addison. He may not test, you know, ridiculously well. He may not run the four or three, but he gets open. He works himself open all throughout the route, and he knows how to score the ball. It's kind of like a C.D. Lamb, even though C.D. Lamb kind of, you know, uh, is a better overall athlete in terms of explosiveness and speed, but in terms of looking to score the ball that's addison and that's someone that you want and he also has a great sense of timing of knowing hey the team needs the big play i'm gonna be the guy to make that play that's him and i don't care how tall he is or how lean he is you can see that on film he's what 5 11 about 175 so what he plays bigger than his size and is one of the better game breakers uh in this draft class at the skill position so even though there, there's some similarities to what Rashad Bateman's brought so far to Baltimore, you don't have any apprehensiveness about bringing in a similar caliber player in terms of style? Not at all. Uh, we've seen this time and time again um, over the course of NFL history. When, when you watch enough football, you, you, nothing is ever new. You know, when you think about the Marx brothers with the Dolphins, with Mark Duper and Mark Clayton, they were the same guy. You know, try to stop both of them. You look at the Smurfs. You know, with with uh, with Washington in the early 80s, you look at the posse, um, you know, with Washington later and you look at uh, the three amigos with Rick and the till and Mark Jackson and, and, and those and Vance Johnson, they're all about the same guy. So you could have multiple of the same type of receivers out there. It just makes you that much more dynamic. Uh, depends on what type of receivers that they are. The guy Cole, given his draft analysis on him as well quickness at the line of scrimmage tough to press but uh eats up cushions with his speed also has extremely nuanced route running to force the uh, uh the quarterback to flip his hips and, and give himself some separation on the deep catch i've had cole on the channel before he's good stuff and he's a big fan of yours by the way they, i call him the canadian guru he's on the way up he's one of those guys who's working full-time in a different industry but he's content creating on the side and i tell him all the time emory i know you can attest to this it's only a matter of time, brother, until you're in this full thing, you know? Stay in, stay in the boat long enough, you're going to hit land eventually, man. <laughs> All right, let's finish it up with, again, another popular prospect, one that was well-known because of a lot of TCU success, some national powerhouse kind of uh, recognition, of course, with the playoff and whatnot, and that is uh, Quentin Johnson from TCU. You know, he's a, a really good athlete, and um, he's a, a bigger guy at 6'3", 215, um, but the hands are not as natural as, let's say, your Hutchinson or, you know, guys that go up and attack the ball with their hands in, in a proper form. But you like the fact that he still is a, a fantastic game breaker. He reminds me a lot of Torrey Smith, uh, former Baltimore Raven, in terms of like how he, you know, caught the football. But also you just couldn't deny his speed and ability to, to you know, take a, a short pass or intermediate pass and, 
and break it. And he's a bigger version of Torrey Smith, who I like a lot uh, as a receiver you know, in terms of what he was able to do. And, and he had those same type of questions coming out of Maryland, but went to the Ravens and did a great job. And I think if Johnson is their, their selection, kind of gives them someone that's more along the lines of a, of a flanker, of a Z receiver. Um, so you could put him on the move and use use his speed. You know, you get him on these crossing routes, and it's good luck trying to keep up with him because now you're chase you're in chase mode. Then he catches the football, and you're even in more so of chase mode. Now he just turns on the afterburners and gets you beat down the field, just like what he did against Michigan. You know, he took that short low crosser and turned it to a seventy something yard touchdown uh, reception. So I like him. Uh, as a player, you know, again, he reminds me a lot of Torrey Smith. He's not going to be the guy that's going to go up and, you know, Randy Moss type hands, uh, win above the rim. Because when he goes up, he's still trying to catch it to cradle it as opposed to going and snag it off, off the, you know, top of the, the head of the, the defensive back. So for someone like that, I think he's still along the lines of what you have in Bateman, you know, catch and run guy. But again, like I just outlined, I even throw in the, I forgot to throw in the Vikings, you know, when they had, Chris Carter, Randy Moss, and Jake Reed in the slot. You talk about everybody over 6'3", right? So, so you had these yeah. big receivers, and they were able to all go vertical. So I, I feel like you still have two of the same guys. It's all about how you deploy them out there on the field. My biggest takeaway from your analysis is the fact that, um, you know, and your, your thought is that just, just because they may not go with a wide receiver at 22 does not mean – that they won't have a potential contributor joining their team, whether it be in the second round, if they end up shifting around or even later in, 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 in the draft as well. Your, your final thought though, on, on one, this class and, and two, how the Ravens might handle business uh, later this month. One, the class is a fantastic class. Every year I say it in my draft guide, every year is a great year for prospects and just even more so um, because you're getting now guys that are more mature coming out of college because they've taken advantage of the COVID year. And from a scouting perspective, I'll be glad when this COVID year stuff is over because I can now know, okay, this guy's a senior, senior, and he's going, he's gone. So you don't have to wait. Oh, he came back because he got another year. Now he's in year seven. Like I'm, I can't wait for it to be over. But on the other side for Baltimore, I do like the fact that the Ravens have a good roster already. And if they want to make sure they keep Lamar Jackson happy outside of paying him the contract, go get some of these big dogs at receiver. It entices him to come back even more. So, hey, we got a squad, man, and we're going to go out there and play well because, you know, the run game is going to be the run game. And now if they have to defend you, you know, 53rd and the third in terms of the width of the field and also the 120 yards uh, back of the end zone, the back of the end zone, now you become the number one offense again, and not just the number one rushing offense, but the number one total offense uh, in the NFL. Bottom line is, yes, it has not been a splash this offseason from a free agency standpoint, which is obvious because of the cap number that's being occupied by the non-exclusive tag that they placed on Lamar last month. But the way that they've handled their business from a coaching staff standpoint, a coordinator standpoint, and really shifting things towards taking – his game to the next level. I think it's in Lamar's best interest to come on back to Baltimore, whether that be on the non-exclusive tag, which is obviously only one year or going back to the table for something that hopefully is still on the table. And that is the second richest contract in NFL history. So uh, before we jump, Emery, I always 
this has been awesome, man. I just wanted to give you a chance to plug anything you have coming up. Again, people can find you on Twitter at Fball Game Plan. Uh, you're going to be doing as, as much color commentary as you can throughout the football season in Baltimore and beyond. But anything else you have coming up in the next few weeks as we get ready for the draft? Pre or not pre order is out right now. The largest draft guide, over 1,000 individual scouting reports. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. And here's the thing. Every other draft guide you're going to get, it's going to probably top out at 150 players, 200 players. And even within that number, they'll probably profile 100 guys and list the rest as like numbers. No, this has over 1,000 individual scouting reports. So every player in the book, over 1,060, has their scouting report there. So the scouting the scouting guide is a 1,065-page PDF form, full color PDF. Now, if you want to print it out, I'll show you what it looks like. This was the 2022 guy. <laughs> it, it it took two, what you would call it. So that's what it looks like. It's all individual scouting reports. And when we talk about individual scouting reports, we're talking about everyone has their own scouting report. Yeah. So that's what the other that's what this year's guy looks like. Full color PDF. You can get your copy. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. And the reason why it's so popular and so productive, it doesn't does doesn't help you for just it, it just doesn't help you for the draft. We know the rosters are transient. So when the after the draft, when they sign undrafted free agents, when guys pop up on and off the roster during the preseason and training camp and during the regular season, this guide has virtually everyone that's gonna pop up on the roster. We would have told you if you had the guy last year, you would have known about the kid from Fort Valley State, Shamar Bridges. You would have known about all <laughs> where, we, where we had, you know, um, the kid from TCU, the undersized uh, defensive back, Washington, great, our Darius Washington. We had him as our number two combo safety. So you would have known about all of these players already and been a more informed fan. So that's why this draft guide is a must get. Nitty gritty. That's what I get from that. Nitty gritty. So if you're nitty gritty out there and you love the the X's and O's of football and, and you want to, you know, have the upper hand on these guys, because you're right. I mean, our, our Darius, you talk about totally un, under the radar, our Darius Washington, he has played some valuable football for the Ravens, especially with, with some of their injuries in the secondary that they've had over the years. And he's just, he's that type of guy. He's not going to be flashy or anything like that, but he's going to find his way to either sneak in as the final, like, I don't know, maybe 50 player, 52 player, 53 on the roster, or he's going to be right on the cusp of the practice squad and be ready to be called up at any given moment. So, um, Man, it was great to catch up with you, dude. And I know these next few weeks is going to be, you know, awesome and a roller coaster. And uh, most importantly, though, I know that, um, you know, you being able to carve out some time for me means a lot. So I appreciate you dropping by the channel, man. And have a great month. Anytime, Bobby, man. Appreciate you doing a great job here. You and Sarah keep building uh, brick by brick. <laughs>